What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Roost Podcast. I am your host, Sean Pitcher. Today, I have on one of my great friends, Dr. Matt Frakes. He is the assistant AD of sports nutrition at LSU. Um, super excited to have him on. Um, he's definitely somebody who is ascending in the field, and that's something I definitely want to talk to him about today. But Matt, welcome. How you, man? How you doing, man? I appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. I feel like you always be in the field. There's never a time that you made it. <laughs> or it's funny I've, i there's a couple podcasts i've mentioned you on as well i was like man you, if you're gonna talk to somebody it's gotta be this guy right here so i was i was pumped to finally get you on i know you're a busy guy obviously lsc is keeping you busy <laughs> i appreciate you man thank you i'm humble man thank you brother it's no been a long, it's been a long way absolutely we both come a long way but we can only keep rising to the top that's all we can do <laughs> um can you tell the audience who is Matt Frakes behind the title, the credentials, doctor? Who are you? Oh, man. I am always going to start off with the component of me being the family man. So husband, um, I have two children, a boy and a girl. I actually have the girl that's the first girl in the family. So, And I got uh, five brothers so that, you know, she's spoiled. Um, had a sister. My sister passed, though, before I was born. Um, but so amongst that, uh, son, brother, uh, originally from Columbus, Ohio. So, uh, I was born in Dayton, um, Dayton, Ohio, uh, lived in Westwood, uh, where, you know, the soda bass and all that stuff. And then I moved to Columbus on the South end of Columbus, I grew up there. So grew up in the low social economic class, bounced around from low to middle class, my entire upbringing. So. Um, I'm a man that, you know, that has overcome a lot of adversity um, and not just in the upbringing of my childhood, but then also as far as just um, my trials and tribulations as far as as a man as well. So um, I'm someone that tries to just wants to give back and wants to be a representation for those to follow and a mentor as any way I can and just be a blessing to others. Um, so I, I will say, you know, that, that over, I, I will be whoever I need to be to make sure everyone else is doing well. And I, and I think that's where, when I met you in Ohio, we quite, um, we connected real quickly. You know, I also come from a low economic background, not having a lot. You're just thankful for whatever you have. And, you know, the opportunities that we have now or the positions that we have now, I'm sure if we look back 10, 15 years ago, you would have looked at it and said, there's no way we would, would have been where we are right now, but Again, if you if you put the effort, the determination, and, and you're positive and you tell yourself you're going to get to those goals and get to those dreams, like literally nothing can yep. anybody except for yourself at the end of the day. Yeah, the most dangerous man is the man that will focus. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> focus on whatever you're going to get. You're going to get it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I think some of the, some really interesting things that are happening at LSU is is one – just like how cohesively your team works together, like not only nutrition, but how you work with sports science, strength and conditioning, the sports medicine staff. Um, you know, you see a lot of programs where they they struggle to cohesively work together. They work a lot in silos. You know, what do you feel is different about like your culture or the staff that you've worked with and how you've been able to got work like almost seamlessly across the board to help support the athlete at the end of the day? Man, you know what? So there's two sides of the coin. So I, I say one that is very, I wouldn't say unique, but it's a shame to say that's not like other places. Um, 
when I'm looking at comparisons, so the director of Olympic sports and I, you know, we have a very um, cohesive front and whatever decisions we make is in the best, you know, of, of whatever we need to advocate for all of our athletes. A lot of places you have footballs on one side and you have Olympic on the other side and that's it. And it's divisive. Um, but for me and Kayla Lawson, like it's more so of, okay, everything we do, how we define our department, how do we define performance nutrition and the services it provides? How do we continue to enhance those services and always look for what is next and never be satisfied with today? Um, and then also alongside with that, um, how does that look not only for the success of football, but all of Louisiana State University athletics department? Um, so. Uh, my primary focus is always going to be football uh, when, you know, that's my primary focus, but I also have in the back of my mind, and actually I should say the forefront of my mind, everything and every decision I make, how it affects Kayla and how can I enhance the Olympic side as well. So how can we bring all this together? Um, so that way you see the success, not just in football, but across the board and how nutrition affects those, uh, those teams. So, we do an awesome job with that, man, um, with, you know, always keeping authentic conversations and keeping it honest. Um, and then another thing is, too, I, I think that we are going to be the standard and we're going to be the standard for years to come. Um, and we're always going to be, in my mind, I want us to always be wherever I'm at, the standard, how everyone looks to, how it needs to get done. And I'm never satisfied with how it is right now. But, like, right now I'm already trying to plan as far as, like, for future and how – we affect and how sports science is integrated within what we're doing, the data management and data analytics, um, you know, what technologies we're going to use for nutrition alone, not to just make it efficient, but also um, how do we promote the performance, the recovery, and then how do we define everything that we collect as far as those data points and those values. So that's one side of it. Um, also, we I, I look to my team as far as really tightening up on actually looking at how we need to work with each individual intersection and department. So with athletic development or strength conditioning, with mental performance, uh, with sports medicine and athletic training, and with the coaching staff of that designated sport too. And also performance innovation. That's another thing that's unique for us. We have actually a department that's dedicated towards performance innovation and being innovative towards the services we provide. So, and we have, and we have a beast that's the head in that department, um, you know, a, a silent and sleeping giant, you know, is Jack Marucci. So he does a lot of stuff for, uh, for football and we have a lot of access to information that we can, that we can build our program and make it unique for how we recruit and how we develop athletes at Louisiana State University. And I think a couple of different points that we can kind of gear off from there is, is what kind of advice then do you give to RDs or practitioners out in the field to try even to get close to that point or like who do they even start with like is it you have to have your head coach bought in is it you have to have the athletic director bought in like you know what what was your approach when you and I know you've done this at a variety of different schools like how is your your plan of attack to try to get those pieces in place to build some of that justification and obviously some of that reasoning behind why nutrition amongst all the other practitioners is going to be a a critical component for the athlete? One, I say start off with understanding that everything's measurable. Everything you do and everything you provide as a service is measurable. Um, now, how you define how it's measured and what is measured, that's up to you. 
Uh, that's what you got to kind of figure out and kind of think of around everything from all the aspects and a holistic approach of everybody else's viewpoint towards nutrition and how you collect that data and how you measure that information. So that's the first point. Once you, once you define that and figure that out, the next point is, is how do you disclose and how do you explain the information you're trying to measure to every single department around you and getting their buy-in? So you have to be able to explain that information in a way that they truly understand. So you have to understand their viewpoint of how they're seeing you and what you measure and what you can actually uh, have an impact on. Once you do that, man, and you're able to bring that information in a way that they understand that can enhance their jobs and that can enhance their services that they provide, then that's the starting point of making sure that, okay, you can really see your, your vision coming to fruition. Um, so you have to make sure that one, you collect everything. Not only you collect everything, you define what you're collecting. And then once you define what you're collecting, you actually see, okay, what's the outcome that you're trying to measure. And then after that, figuring out how you display the information in a way that everyone understands. And then how your athletes understand, how your coaches understand, how athletic development, strength conditioning understands, how sports medicine understands, and how sports science understands. Because once you display it in each one of those areas, they're going to be more likely to want to work with you and get everything on board for what nutrition needs to have a, an effect on. It's like a similar thought. Like we, we always constantly think about the athletes and like how are we going to get the message and the information across the athletes. But you almost have to have the same mindset going into any of the staff members you talk to just because all their disciplines are going to be so different. And how you explain it to one practitioner, if it's not changed or tweaked a little bit for them to understand information to the next practitioner, you may not be able to get that through to them to get the messages you want across to hopefully get what you want out of that, that meeting, essentially. Is that what it sounds like? That's the culture, man. That's the big thing on what culture is supposed to be. Everyone mimics and reflects the information that's being provided so that you all have that one individual outcome that you want to see and that one mission. We're all on that, one, on that same page. That's what being a culture is, is being on the same page and, and promoting those tasks. And I know you've doing, been doing a lot more talks. I've seen, obviously, on specifically sports science, data collection for nutrition. You know, I think a lot of times we only have like one or two specific markers. A lot of times you see dietitians will collect, but I think the more information we can collect, analyze, disseminate, and then be able to put out, especially to the athlete in real time to be able to provide change and justification behind what we're trying to recommend and suggest has yep. a huge, huge impact versus collecting, collecting, collecting. It's sitting there. No one's doing anything with it. And now we're just collecting data to collect data. And we could have done something with this or we could have had an intervention, not only for the staff, but also for the athletes at the same time. Um, that's why I was like super fortunate when I was at IMG, right? I got involved with Kitman. Now we have smarter base here at, you know, overtime, which I'm at right now. Yep. And like, that's, that's what I've done as well. Like whether it's body comp, meal compliance, tracking supplement compliance, you know, um, we're obviously doing things that obviously utilize a lot of that data also to cross correlate over to injuries, sickness, you know, is an athlete's strength, power changing based on the connects on data. Just there's so many different points that now like I can integrate, like you said, into those different staff members and be able to show like how my part is having direct impact on their part. And we can improve the kid's strength or we can reduce injuries and sickness to keep them on the court. If you're able to, you know, not only listen to me, speak my message and try to help the guys, 
but also can you also be another second hand off of me to be able to get that message to them or other staff members? Because we know we're not going to be able to reach every single staff member, every single person that's within the association or even our department. But if we have all these different connections there that can be able to get that message across for us when we may not be able to, then at least we're still being able to push ahead and get to the position, hopefully, that we want to. Exactly. exactly. Um, is there any specific, um, if you're able to share, is there anything specific that you are tracking right now that you felt you felt or seen has made a huge difference, um, mm -hmm. especially for the athletes to be able to give them that real quick um, in real time information that's made changes for them, especially like behavior change, pattern changes, so they can improve their nutrition? Yeah, so it's, it's not going to be just one thing. Because also what you collect, it has to be promoted from the head coach as well and promoted from the director of strength conditioning and promoted from each director of each single department. Um, so for us, you know, what, what has made a huge impact for us is actually being able to have the ability and gift to educate our players on understanding what we're collecting in a way that they can understand. Um, so simply even put the value importance of why we're doing supplement compliance. Um, supplement compliance and what we have their supplements now and how their lab values and their blood work is showing rather or not it is trending up or down over time and then rather or not if you are actually being truthful on your compliance or are you just throwing the supplements away because if you're just throwing away it's going to show in the blood so in that standpoint there they're seeing now well I had I'm not I'm still not feeling great even though I may have scored well and my compliance over the course of time, my lab work still shows that it's still deficient and did not trend up. That's because you've been BSing this whole time. <laughs> so that's one thing that's been very great for us is that, you know, just, just not too long ago, we actually educated our guys on just even as simple as vitamin D. At what point that we had, when you know, where we had the freshmen and transfers comes in um, and how, how many of them were vitamin D deficient? 81% was vitamin D deficient after we collect all the information from their baseline information. That tells me that wherever you came from and also uh, from, you know, that and also from you being a freshman, dietary intake and supplementation was not great. Um, so that's the start of the information education there is how do we fix that? It is important for X, Y, and Z. It is important for your recovery. It's important for your bone health to reduce injury rates and reduce stress fracture, stress uh, reactions. Um, and then also it's important for your development as well and how your hormones are actually working all together. So just even having that information for them and showing them like, okay, well, you was now deficient here. Okay, so now when we do it again, we expect and have an expectation of, you know, it, we cut that down to half. From the guys that we had last year that were deficient, um, it was over half the team, you know? So then with that being said, now from over having over half the team deficient, now they are only... 15 numbers total as being deficient from the guys that was here. So that tells a lot. And I have a 114 man roster. Um, that's the max. So that we're always going to have, mm. you know, so that's something that you got to be able to describe to them on, on what you're collecting, why you're collecting it. Also, another thing is too, is the hydration components when it comes to everything. We're taking average weekly weights. That's been very helpful and successful to get them in the frame of mind and mindset that I need to be one and a half percent above or below to stay within the range that is suitable for my development and also suitable for my performance and recovery. Whenever I'm outside that range, 
I start noticing that I don't perform well. I start noticing that I'm sore for extra periods of time. I start noticing that, you know, I suck. I start noticing that, you know, that I'm getting beat by somebody else that's not as much of a great athlete as me, but they're beating me in, in certain complications, certain situations in practice. That shouldn't be happening. So within, when I'm in that range, I'm strong, I'm powerful, I'm fast, I'm healthy. I have my, my injury rate is low. Yes, I'm in here in the training room getting fixed up, but it's not to the point to where something that is a preventable injury. You know what I'm saying? So that's something there. We're, we're speaking the same language. Same thing here, right? Like, you know, we did biomarker testing here and with basketball, especially not getting a lot of sunlight, always being inside. You know, yeah. most of our population is, is African-American, so it, it can be tougher to, especially from the sunlight, to get as much and have to be have more exposure. And then lactose intolerance comes into play too, right? So 90% of the guy, our guys we had were vitamin D deficient right yeah. and, and let and unless you're testing you're guessing exactly so our ability to do the testing and doing the blood work and then i have an idea that now we're able to actually have some type of intervention to hopefully reduce the risk of possibly major injuries or minor injuries and and i love a couple of the points you said in there as well as when i even with our own guys some of our guys that don't take their like i'll do supplement shots like i've actually moved away from like pills and tablets because i've had better compliance just mixing it with like mm -hmm. orange juice and mixing it in a shot all together because we went from like 10 20 percent compliance almost up to like 70 75 percent compliance by yep. just making that easy switch and guys will start to notice and even staff will start to notice like a guy's coming in like oh i got all these nicks and pains and i'm always sore all the time and now it's to the point where i don't have to say anything that the staff will ask well have you been taking your supplements well have you been showing up to eat so now it's just the culture where everybody's asking those questions yeah. alongside myself. So it allows that they're not just hearing from one person, you're hearing from like two, three, four people. And it's the same thing over and over. So it comes to a point like you should probably take it and you should probably coming in there and make sure you're consistently eating. Because if not, you're coming in with the same problems and same complaints like over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. and it comes down to the same thing. And then you've got the data that's collected and tracked. So then if they try to say anything, there's no BSing. Like the proof's in the pudding right there. Proof's in the pudding. You didn't come to this. You didn't take this. And coach wants to know, well, I got data for the last six to nine months. So you ain't mm -hmm. going to be getting out of nothing. <laughs> right. Right. And you got to respect to the setting that we're in. Yes. You know, we're, we're in a good point because the information that we collect, now this is not everybody, you know, but you got to put it in a way that is, going to be collected to where they are seeing that you're collecting information and it's going to provide a value to their health and performance. Whereas, you know, as you start getting now getting to that professional level to where that's mandatory, where your body is your money, you know, when you get that professional level, you're not available. You start to wonder why. And if you're not available, that affects your paycheck. If you're not available too, and if you're having as far as, you know, you're missing weight and you're not a certain amount of weight, if you're not as far as uh, if you're taking certain things as outside of what's prescribed to you from the actual department itself, you know, you get penalized with that monetary. So that's something you got to start building the habits now with us, high school and collegiate. So that way they start building great habits. And then when they get to professional level, it's second nature. They don't have to worry about those, those penalties. I use that all the time. Your body's your business. Are you going to make an investment today? Or are you going to take an, an advantage of the opportunities with the meals and snacks that you have? to put yourself in the best possible position. So when you get to practice, you get to lift and you get to competition, you're on your A game and 100% every day. Or do you want to go in, 
feeling 60% and leaving 40% on the table. And we, yep. again, when you start talking about money, <laughs> you start talking about investments and you put it in that, in that kind of realm, they look at that real quick and like, damn, like, I can't, <laughs> like, I can't be doing that two, three days in a row. Like I'm going to be behind everybody else in exactly yep. because that's the 1% up there at the top of whatever sports you're in. And they're and they're taking care of all their investments and trying to find other investments to, to put on top of that to keep building and getting that one percent. And if you're not in that mindset, that frame of mind to get to that point, well, good luck. You may get to that point, but you probably aren't gonna last very long because your body's not you get one body. If you don't you take one body, out, it's not gonna hold up. You get one shot at this, you get one shot at this, and we take that for granted. They take that for granted. So that's one thing I reply. You get one shot. That's it. Um Another thing I wanted to kind of go into is obviously you're the assistant athletic director. Mm -hmm. We've seen more practitioners, especially like strength conditioning coaches now getting like a seat at the table or, or getting their foot in the door at those higher levels to allow them to have a voice, especially because they have a, a very large understanding of how the sports medicine or the athletic or the, the, the athletic department, strength conditioning or nutrition, whatever it is, how it works in comparison to sometimes some of these higher staff that are in that position may not know all the ins and outs that go around it. Yep. Um, two questions there, like how does a practitioner get to that point and get their foot in the door? And how does it help having a seat at the table with those other professionals at those higher levels in an athletic department? Yeah. So to get a seat there and to get in that position, you know, there's a number of things you have to look into. There's some things that you can't control. There's some things you can't control. And things you can't control is more so of, you know, who you're working with, who's in that athletic director role, deputy AD role, um, the AD over health and performance or whatever the, you know, the comparison is, whatever that that athletic department or school university organization has. Um, that you can't control because that is who you really need to look into who you're going to be working under and doing your research behind, you know, who they are, what their history was, what they cared about, what they, what is the mission and the vision of the actual athletic department um, that's set by them. All right. So that's something as far as you got to take into consideration. That's the part you can't control. What you can control is as far as your exposure and your conversations and building relationships with the people in those seats at multiple other places and also, um, not only at those other places, but even where you're looking at, where you're at stationed, stationed at now currently. So it's cause it's all about relationships at the end of the day. You know, um, you have to build relationships. You have to be able to portray visions and missions around what you need to say and what you're trying to display in a way that they can understand. So, um, but that being said, that's something you got to start making moves towards is that, okay, for every position that I'm in, what can I do to show more and more interest that I want to get to the next step? What is the next step? You have to define that. You have to define, okay, if I'm the assistant, um, if I'm an assistant director, how do I get to the director position? Within the director position and all the experience and exposures and failures that I have, what is it that administration truly cares about in these seats? How do I now get to that assistant athletic director position over this entire scenario or the athletic director over this entire organization department when it comes into the health performance team or just nutrition in itself? How was how do you define that? What is you have to have a clear vision and a clear 
understanding of also what the university cares about and then also what the athletic department cares about and also what the actual coaching staff cares about that you're going to be working with um, and understanding that, okay, this is what the direction, outcomes, and objectives that I want to have and set in stone and in place. And this is what, and these are the steps to get to that. That's how you need to think as far as within administration is not only building a relationship with everyone, but also being able to um, exercise and be able to execute detailed objectives around a certain outcome, mission, and vision. So with that being said, that's one, that's one way, that's how you get there. Now, uh, the second question was what again? Oh man, I don't even. <laughs> I happen to see that, okay. Yeah, so you actually got a seat at the table and then yeah. maybe like, how does how does a person progress up, I guess, to that point? Like yeah. uh, if, you, if you know all those things and you have to have them in mind, like looking at that type of position, for a dietitian, maybe they want to get to that point or want to be able to be in that position. Like, how do you forecast that out to get to that point? I know there's no real like stop gate or like you could do it really at any time in your career, but is what's the steps before you can maybe be ready to be able to handle all that? Yeah, you have to. Um, so I kind of detailed that a little bit, you know, in my previous statement, but um, to stay in that seat and then also to do well in that seat. So, you know, you have to, one, figure out from the staff that you have available to you and, you know, what direction you want to go, what you exactly need in the personalities and the traits you want and desire in order, because that supporting staff is just as important as your mission. So you can't just hire anybody. Um, you have to really hire and be very, and very detailed at what you're looking at for the staff around you that you are responsible for hiring and making sure that it is people that exercise certain traits and skill sets that will get you to the destination you want to get to. So even if you can't just hire your friend, you can't just hire, um, you know, someone that may be, it can be somebody that is, you know, that, that is, that is great at, you know, food service or great at the sports science side of it. But if you already have that in place, then what are you hiring that position for? You need to you need to really find out, okay, within this position, what type of characteristic am I looking for? So that's how you do well in that seat is, is having people in place that, you know, that strengthens your weaknesses that you that can that you have to really understand and know yourself. You know what your weaknesses are, you know what your strengths are. Who can you put in place that actually enhances, embraces your weaknesses? All right. That can be great because then it, it reflects the entire department um, for one. And then two, from whatever that, you know, the success of the coaching staff, what they desire, what they see. And then you have to be able to not only truly understand yourself, but then again, it goes back to being able to portray and paint the picture of what you're looking for to in a way that everyone understands and how it helps and supports them at the end of the day. And be able to educate them yeah. on the message and what you guys want to do and making sure is, is everybody on board with that <laughs> versus having staff that's not on board with it. And then you have all these little side things going on. Silos and, yep. It's, and like, it happens. it's inevitable. You're working with people, man. It's inevitable, but you got to be able to. Let's have know, open communication. Let's have conversations. Let's like mitigate yep. issues if they're occurring if you have some criticism or you don't like what's going on, like 
let's just have a conversation on it. Whether you're not happy, I don't get happy. Like that doesn't really matter. It's about this whole organization or it's about the athletes and who we're trying to serve. It can't just be solely about us. So we have to put egos and differences aside and come to some kind of like solution or middle ground regardless at the end. Yeah. So there's two things you got, you have to do well, you have to do well and you have to be comfortable. You have to be comfortable in failing and getting things wrong and being humble enough on what you need to correct to get to a better outcome. Mm-hmm. That's one thing you have to do. Um, the other thing is you have to have, you have to be comfortable in having uncomfortable conversations and you have to be able to have conflict resolution and you have to be able to have those skill sets in there. So you got to have those two things in these seats. And the other thing I think you mentioned that I think if you listen to any podcast, the number one thing that gets said all the time is relationships. Yep. Relationship, 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 relationships. <laughs> like go out and talk to like people. It doesn't matter if it's the athletic director. It doesn't matter if the custodian over here on the side. It doesn't matter if it's the person that mows the grass on the field. Like go and have conversations with everybody that's within that organization. Because at some time and point, whether it's the highest level, whether it's the lowest level, one of those individuals is going to help you at some point during your day, your week, your month, your year, whatever it is. So having as many solid relationships as you can as possible, not only helps you obviously during the area and place that you're at, but as you know, and I know that may help in the next direction or the place that you go beyond where you're at right now. You never want to burn those bridges at all because we know the web of nutrition, strength, sports science, whatever it is, it's a small web. Everybody knows somebody. <laughs> yeah, you- but then also you got you got to remember too. You don't have to have everybody like you at the end of the day. That's so true. That's that you and you have to be okay with that. You know, there's people probably right now that I work with that don't like me. Yeah. So and that's okay. You know what I'm saying? You, you just got to be okay with that. But are um, you you're doing your job? Am I doing my job? Am I doing it at a high level? Are the athletes getting what they need? And if that's what's being right. met, like that's that's what's most important. And if you don't like the way I do it. I'm sorry, but are we getting results and are they getting benefits and are we putting them in a position not only for the short term, but are they learning behaviors and things that are going to help them be young men and women in life? And like exactly that you, hit that you can't take back. There you, go. you can't take yep. that back. <laughs> um, the one one last little like topic I wanted to kind of finish off of because we only have a few more minutes left is um obviously with the field of dietetics right? Um, what have you seen as a shift or what have you, what organizations have you seen that have tried to help with improving diversity, inclusion, um, providing more opportunities for individuals in the field of dietetics? Um, obviously, we know our, our field is primarily white females, right? Not a lot of males, not a lot of people of other color. Um, I, know, I know you've been a part of like CPA, SDA, Diversify. So can you kind of give us just a really quick rundown on What's opening up or what opportunities are out there now? Um, opportunities as far as, so the opportunities that there is, man, right now, I know CPSDA just did, you know, we have our diversity, equity, and inclusion committee. Uh, so, you know, as far as giving out uh, scholarships and, you know, trying to find out what are the barriers to getting into this field and doing well in this field, what are those barriers and how do we minimize those barriers? <clears throat> so whether it's financially or whether it's just, um, exposure or, and whether it's just community and then whether it's just, you know, um, 
getting someone the opportunity. So how do we fix that? So that's one way to do it, you know, is having those committees and bringing in um, experts outside of that to give you feedback on what you need to do to enhance that, that arena. So, and that's one thing, you know, that we're still continuing to try to figure out because we don't know. And we have conflicting as far as all submissions as well. Uh, we're also, so I, so although our, uh, the main, you know, body of our organization, our field is, is white females, you know, it's argued also that we're in a male dominated field. So that's the other thing as well. So although even though our field, again, primarily, I say this again, is white female, you have to take into respect and consideration that we're in a male dominated field. So that's the other part Being of like that sports, we're nutrition, sports nutrition male dominated. Sports in general, you're working in, yes, you're a performance dietitian, you're, you're a sports dietitian, you know, yes, we're the minority in our field, but we're the majority when it comes into the actual space. So you have, you have, you know, some conflicting things there that we're trying to figure out. We don't know. We just don't know. We don't know how, which, which angle to take it, how to go about it. Cause even I, and I thought about this too, I myself, even with me being a minority mm -hmm. in the field alone, being, you know, one of the only black males, not that, that not only has their doctorate, but then that also that is a athletic, that's assistant athletic director within administration and a director in nutrition for a elite football program i only know one other one and that's it yeah and you have how many universities and institutions but with that being said although that is the case i love football and that is my pride and joy that's what got me to where i'm at that's what got me the exposure to become an olympic dietitian of all over the place but having those different experiences around also made me you know have to take a step back and actually look at like yes i'm a minority but can you argue that it's going to be a little bit more easier for me to navigate because I'm a male? You know, that's something you got to take in consideration. I myself, I don't agree with that because I still have things that, you know, I'm navigating within this country as a black male that I have to take in consideration and that we're still trying to progress and, and, and just, you know, transition from and transition through. But at the same time, I have to also promote the, the equity and diversity of our people female counterparts and our and our female dietitians and to make sure that they're doing well they're getting fairly compensated and that they also are representing as well the minority within our depending on what sport they play so we just have to take consideration what impact and value all of us make in there and then really truly understand okay well how can we promote that whilst making it more successful because to be honest with you the external viewpoints and external mindset from from a, from from a certain scenario of sport mm -hmm. is going to was be a potential solution to progressing that area. So that's why even like in in and even in football itself, even in football. So you have to where having you know more the more women we had as far as being leaders in this field in our direction has done a great job with enhancing things that, you know, we didn't think about. Yeah. And vice versa, having a male in, rather that is in, you know, in women's sports, having that help and support and vice versa has done the same thing. So, and that's just, you know, breaking it down in that, in that situation. But at the same time, 
it's, it's hard. It's hard to figure out a solution. It's hard to figure out an answer because in one way or another, you're going to have a minority and uh, representation in a certain arena and area, depending on how you look at it. And it's all subjective and, and it's all based upon how you look at whatever the facts is, depending on the person and how they look at the situation as well. That's why it's a hard conversation and it's hard to look at. It's hard to change certain people's mindsets and how they view that, <laughs> especially especially with how our, our country is right now. That's, that's a challenging topic. It's it's challenging for people to speak about it, but more people need to speak about it. More people need to be united and come yeah. So to hopefully, yeah, you just got, you no matter what the field it. is or who whatever is in, just put it in the best position so that way we can understand each other issues, things that we deal with, and we could try to help each other rather than just be, again, separate like we have been for hundreds of thousands of years. Because that's the people got to be more humble and they got to put their egos aside yep. and understand and be more empathetic. That's the thing. You got to be empathetic from other people's viewpoints. Once yeah. you get that down, you'll see it enhance and then you'll see more representation no matter what it looks like in each scenario in each setting. Yeah, like you don't have to feel like bad for people or bad for us, but we just want you to understand like this is what we have gone through or what we went through and be able to understand where we're coming from regardless mm -hmm. of whatever the viewpoint is and be able to then move on to whatever the next solution is together rather than just separately. But yep. Matt, really appreciate you coming on today. Um, lots of awesome information here. It doesn't really matter what level you are as a dietitian. I think you're going to take a lot of stuff from this um, on multiple different fronts. Um, again, Matt is definitely someone who's leading the way when it comes to dietetics on all those different fronts. And um, again, he's, he's a guy you could probably call up, text, FaceTime, whatever it is. I know he's always open for a conversation. Um, whether it's, he always wants to get better <laughs> and he's always going to keep getting better. Cause that's just the kind of guy he is. So really appreciate having you on. Thank you. God bless man. Appreciate you, Sean. See you later.